Welcome to another Stock Market Media Group CEO interview. As part of a series to keep investors informed, we invite executives to tell their company's story. So sit back, listen in, and let's meet today's guest. Thanks for joining us for what is a special CEO interview. Today, we'd like to welcome in the CEO and the COO of Pharmacite Biotech. It is a biotech that trades on the OTCQB under the ticker symbol PMCB. And we'd like to welcome in Kenneth L. Wagner, who is the CEO, and Dr. Gerald Crabtree, who is the COO. Now, gentlemen, you've completely changed the clinical trial design of your upcoming clinical trial. And in doing so, you've put out three press releases that have more or less laid out everything. So to simplify that or to help the uh, shareholders out there better understand what it is you're doing, we decided that we would interview you related to these three press releases. So uh, we've read a lot lately about the uh, addressing of the critical unmet medical need. That is what Pharmacite is after. There's a critical unmet medical need out there. And so before we dig into some of the particulars that surround that need and the change in clinical trial design, can we first define what it is that Pharmacite wants for its pancreatic cancer treatment? What is this unmet medical need? There's a specific cadre of patients with pancreatic cancer that seem to be left out in the cold a bit. Um, everybody knows about uh, inoperable metastatic pancreatic cancer and the treatments that are available for that and how difficult they are to take. And, and, and uh, you know, the, the, the effects from them are not the greatest. But there is a cadre of patients for which the, the, there really are, is no good alternative treatment. And that is patients whose disease is locally advanced, but hasn't yet spread to other organs. But these, these are patients whose tumors are also inoperable. This accounts for a large percentage of patients. And these people have tumors that are just sitting there that have been treated with gemcitabine plus abraxane and no longer respond to it. So what's left for them? There are alternatives, but they're minimally effective. And that's what the unmet medical need is. Let me further add to what Jerry had to say about the unmet medical need that we are trying to address in our clinical trial. After about four to six months of a patient with pancreatic cancer being given the gold standard, which in this case is gemcitabine and abraxane, uh, they no longer get any clinical benefit from that treatment. But we got problems for those people that don't get any better on gemcitabine and abraxane after a while, and then you have to give them a, they have a, you know, you have two or three alternatives. They are a combination of chemotherapy and radiation. Uh, we, we think, and that's not a very good result. And, but we think we can, we can get a better result for those people that don't get better on the gold standard after a while. The alternative is a number of choices, uh, none of which really are very satisfactory to oncologists and to the patient. We believe that our treatment for pancreatic cancer can fill that medical need. Somewhere between 60 and 65% of patients uh, that are on the gold standard, gemcitabine and abraxane, don't respond any further. And it's at that point that they're given another regimen to, to try and control uh, the disease or to at least stop its progression. Unfortunately, it doesn't work very often and very well. 
it's that group of patients that we're trying to address with our clinical trial. Okay, thanks, gentlemen. Ken, you guys have laid out what the unmet medical need is. So uh, I guess the next logical step is how did you arrive at this particular approach? Jerry and I sat back uh, as we were working through this process and asked the, the ultimate question, how does pharmacy biotech's treatment for pancreatic cancer best fit into a treatment regime that would lend itself to market approval? It was that question that prompted us to expand the number of oncologists that would help us uh, in our design of the treatment for pancreatic cancer. And so what we did was that in addition to Dr. Matthias Lohr uh, from the Karolinska Institute, we elicited the help of uh, Dr. Daniel D. von Hoff at Translational Drug Development uh, and all of the TB2 group of uh, healthcare professionals and scientists, as well as Dr. Manuel Hidalgo. And it was the combination of that effort that led to arriving at it an entirely new design for the, the treatment of pancreatic cancer, one that was certainly new to us from what we had originally designed. Dr. Crabtree, when you introduced the unmet medical need in these press releases, you also introduced what we found interesting, a new term. This terminology was consolidated therapy. Now, what does this mean exactly as it relates to pharmacite and its treatment? I've got to agree, it's an interesting term, but it was a term that was coined by Dr. Hidalgo, who, as I said before and Ken just reiterated, we believe the best pancreatic cancer experts in the world and it all has to do with this unmet medical need. And as I said before, this is for patients who are really kind of out in the cold, if you will, or they're not really considered a lot. Everybody runs after the worst possible pancreatic cancer state there is. We're going after something not less important, but certainly less prominent. And that's why he used this term, I believe, consolidated therapy. In other words, we're going to consolidate the effects of abraxane plus gemcitabine with another therapy to help push these patients along. Okay, thanks for that. You have added what was supposed to be a separate clinical trial altogether in the PAIN study to the pancreatic cancer clinical trial. Now, this seems to be an obvious answer, in my opinion, but tell us why did you add the pain clinical trial inside the pancreatic cancer clinical trial? When we redesigned the trial, it was obvious that it would be an easy fit to include the pain clinical trial in the redesigned clinical trial for two reasons. One, we're doing the clinical trial here in the United States. TD2 is the lead CRO in the entire clinical trial. And because we designed it in a way that we could easily include pain and the quality of life as a secondary endpoint, uh, we naturally included it in this trial design. Thanks. Now, after you guys introduced the unmet medical need in a separate press release announced that TD2 in Scottsdale, Arizona would be taking the lead role in the company's upcoming clinical trial. Now, given TD2's impeccable reputation in developing oncology treatments, this is certainly a significant development. What precipitated this move? TD2 was given the lead role simply because it has so much experience in this country especially, but also in Europe, in dealing with various types of oncology clinical trials, and particularly in the pancreatic cancer area. Of course, Dr. Daniel D. Van Hoff is their chief development officer 
and to my mind, he's the leading uh, pancreatic cancer specialist in the world. It's just that they're, they are very experienced in doing this kind of trial. In addition to announcing that TD2 would take the lead role, you also announced that you would be conducting the clinical trial in the United States with sites also in Europe and Australia. Now, this seems like an incredible move for the success of the company's work. What prompted this? We looked at the recently published data for 2015, and in the United States, it's estimated that about 48,000 people will get pancreatic cancer. When we looked at the same data for Australia, it was estimated that only 3,030 patients will get pancreatic cancer. And so we realized that with the current population in Australia, we were going to have a problem enrolling a sufficient number of patients in our clinical trial to actually get through the clinical trial in a reasonable period of time. There's such a disparate number of patients in Australia from compared to the United States who get pancreatic cancer, we felt it was imperative that we conduct the trial in the United States because we'll be able to enroll patients faster. And once we enroll patients in the clinical trial, that means this clinical trial will advance faster. Oncologists talk about that, and I know Jerry did, as patient accrual. I think that it's how quickly can you get patients enrolled in your clinical trial so you can get through the clinical trial. And so for us, it was an easy call once we understood uh, how different the number is in the United States from what it is in Australia. And then, of course, we expanded the clinical trial to include not just the United States, but also in Europe, I believe about 70,000 patients in the European countries that will be involved in this clinical trial get pancreatic cancer a year. So when you combine the United States with Australia and, and more importantly, with Europe, we're able to get into the clinic with a sufficient number of patients to get through this trial much sooner than we otherwise had planned by having to be limited to getting patients enrolled in our clinical trial just using Australia. Now, of course, it comes with the added benefit that T2 is now running the clinical trial. It also makes sense because we're going to be before the FDA where we can actually get marketing approval in the United States where our shareholders are and where people most need it. And we also uh, included Europe and Australia because of the need to have a, uh, those countries involved as well. Our plan is to um, also seek marketing and approval of our pancreatic cancer treatment in those countries. Now, Ken, just curious, will most of the clinical trial sites be in the United States? We anticipate more than 50% of the patients in our clinical trial will be in the United States. The exact percentage is still yet to be determined. Dr. Crabtree, are there any benefits that you can see uh, as far as conducting the clinical trial in the U.S. under the direction of TD2, especially with regard to the FDA? TD2 has really done a lot of work on trials that, and has a lot of contacts within the FDA they are familiar with the FDA. This is not going to be the first trial they've done in this regard, and certainly not going to be the first one in pancreatic cancer. It's, uh, it's an amazing organization, and they're very easy to work with. The other thing is that you will remember that we do have already the orphan drug designation from the FDA in the U.S. It was received in December of 2014. So they know about what we're trying to do, and so it's important that we do it in the U.S., and there's no one better than TD2. In your press releases, you mentioned that the overall goal of the trial is, of course, to determine whether pharmacites' pancreatic cancer treatment can satisfy a critical unmet medical need 
by acting as a consolidation therapy for patients who are no longer responding to the combination of Abraxane plus gemcitabine, the current gold standard. So with current treatments for this group beyond the gold standard being marginally effective, let's go over your new clinical trial design. Now it appears that once again, these world-renowned oncologists that you work with and that you are consulting with had a pretty strong hand in this new trial design. In the upcoming clinical trial, what will Pharmacite's treatment be compared to? We're going to be treating patients with locally advanced pancreatic cancer that has not spread to other organs, but whose tumors are inoperable. These patients have already been treated with the combination of abraxane and gemcitabine, but their tumors no longer respond to that. So we're going to be treating them with the combination of a drug called capecitabine, C-A-P-E-C-I-T-A-B-I-N-E. The trade name is Zalota with, with an X, plus X-radiation. Now, this is one of several similar treatments that are used as, our, our term, consolidation therapies for this cadre of patients. Another one would be 5-fluorouracil plus X-radiation. 5-fluorouracil is an old cancer drug. It's been around since 1959. But capecitabine is a better formulation of it. So we're going to use that as the comparator arm. And a group will be treated with capecitabine plus X-radiation. And the other group will be treated with pharmacytes, pancreatic cancer treatment of selenobox capsules and low-dose Iphosphamide. Dr. Crabtree, what are going to be the eligibility requirements for patients to enroll in your clinical trial? All patients accepted in the trial must have locally advanced pancreatic cancer that is inoperable. In other words, you can't remove it surgically, but the tumor has not yet spread to distant organs or tissues. Those patients must have been treated with a combination of abraxane plus gemcitabine for at least four months and up to six months. And at that stage, they're evaluated. And if their tumors are no longer responding to abraxane plus gemcitabine treatment, then they're eligible for our study. And Dr. Crabtree, before we get into the endpoints, one thing I do want to help the audience understand, can you explain to us exactly what is an inoperable tumor? It had really has nothing to do with the size of the tumor. It has to do with the, where the tumor is growing. And what makes a pancreatic cancer inoperable is the fact that it has grown around the major blood vessels that lead down into the abdomen, such as the mesenteric artery. And once that happens, once the tumor surrounds those blood vessels, the surgeons cannot get in there and remove it without damage to those blood vessels, which means the patient's going to bleed out on the operating room table. Thanks, Dr. Crabtree. I think that will help as we move forward. Now, moving forward, let's get into the endpoints. First, we'll start with the, uh, these are basically the goals that you hope to achieve in this upcoming clinical trial, and we'll start with the primary endpoints. What are the primary endpoints for this trial? One of the primary endpoints will be progression-free survival. 
Now, this is a term that is used in many cancer clinical trials, and it's simply the time that elapses from the first day of treatment until the disease is seen to progress. Progression-free survival in our study will be measured at 6 and 12 months, and the progression-free survival for the two different arms of the study will be compared. In addition to progression-free survival, we'll also be monitoring the occurrence of side effects that result from the treatment. In other words, we're going to be measuring a major measurement of anti-tumor effectiveness and the safety of the two comparative treatments. Okay, those are the primary endpoints. Now can you walk us through the secondary endpoints? One of them, you talked about the pain study, and the secondary endpoints includes a pain score that will provide the time of onset of pain and the need for pain medications by the patients. Another one is the resection rate of the patient's tumors, and, and that'll be determined at a couple of time points, 14 and 24 weeks. In other words, do the patient's previously inoperable tumors become operable as a consequence of the consolidation therapy, either ours or Cape Cytobine plus X radiation, and how much better is ours than the other one. Pathologic response will be monitored, and the change in tumor size will be measured using radiologic imaging. This is very, very important. Radiologic imaging will be a major factor here throughout this whole study. And it'll be done at 14 weeks, 26 weeks, and 12 months for all patients still enrolled in the trial at 12 months. And then there's some others, such as the measurement of a specific antigen called CA19-9 that is excreted by pancreatic cancers, and that'll be monitored throughout the study. And if you see decreases in that secretion, it means the particular treatment is having positive effects on the tumor. And finally, the patient's overall quality of life will be monitored throughout the study. And this is important for us because it was a major factor in the early clinical trials of our pancreatic cancer treatment. That patient's quality of life was vastly improved as compared to gemcitabine, which was the only treatment that way back then that was used. So it's a major factor for us and the quality of life will be an important determinant to, to verify that. Okay, thanks for that. Uh, Dr. Crabtree, can you tell us a little bit more about quality of life? How does this fit into your upcoming clinical trial? Quality of life is usually determined using some sort of a questionnaire, and uh, that's what will be used to, to quantify quality of life. And it's, it's important because the FDA and like regulatory agencies are always interested in treatment, drug treatment safety, and the quality of life. They're always interested in that. Okay, thanks a lot. Well, that wraps up the questions that I had prepared. Uh, one thing I would like to do is, Ken, bring you back in. Is there anything you'd like to add that, uh, that hasn't been talked about today? You know, we'd like to underscore uh, that the, the design of this clinical trial is a result of collaboration among, I think, the world world's leading experts in pancreatic cancer and, frankly, radiology. This, in this trial design, personnel at TD2, Dr. Lohr, Dr. Hidalgo, and Dr. Korn at Imaging Endpoints um, have really been on the forefront of developing new oncology drugs for pancreatic cancer in ways that can best treat
treat patients with pancreatic cancer. By working together, uh, they have, in our judgment, accelerated our timeline for getting our pancreatic cancer treatment into the hands of oncologists who treat pancreatic cancer patients day in and day out, while at the same time addressing this critical unmet medical need that we've already discussed. Thank you, Kenneth L. Wagner and Dr. Jerry Crabtree. I think that you guys have certainly helped shareholders understand a little bit more about the three press releases that you have put out regarding your new clinical trial design. We will try to do this again in the near future as more and more things start to roll out regarding the clinical trial. So we do thank you for coming in. This has been a CEO interview with Pharmacite Biotech, trades under the ticker symbol PMCB. And we thank you all for listening and stay tuned for more interviews. This has been another Stock Market Media Group CEO interview. Keep listening as executives continue to tell their story and investors stay informed on the companies they own right here on stockmarketmediagroup.com.